This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. Hi, and welcome to Transcend with Nat. This is Nat. I'm your host. And today on the show, I have the pleasure of having John Morton, who is an author, who is also the chancellor of the University of Santa Monica, the spiritual director of the Movement of Spiritual Inner Awareness on the Insight Seminars board, uh, and probably some other things that I'm missing here because he stays pretty busy these days. Married to Lee Taylor Young. Married to Lee Taylor Young, who we just recently had on the show. Um, And yeah, so welcome, John. Glad to be here. And uh, what can I do for you? Well, I thought um, I would just start by asking you, when you're, because there's a lot of uh, people having challenges, let's put it that way, and I think that's nothing new to this world, is people having challenges in their lives and what's going on in the world. And so I thought to start with, like, what do you do? How do you handle for yourself, or how do you view um, the challenges we're having? And you could start out with the challenges you see in the world or the challenges in your own life. That's a very timely question because I was just looking uh, at how we're going to prepare for meeting the challenges with spirit workshop that we're going to be doing in Connecticut sometime in May. I don't remember the dates at the moment. Nice. Uh, but it it's also something obviously I've been involved in in my work, my ministry. Um, John Roger as part of his work and when he was doing his talks and teachings, he would often end his talks by issuing a challenge to people. And I gathered those up a while back, many years ago, uh, and worked with John Roger with this workshop. And so we've brought it forward uh, recently in Santa Barbara and then we're going to be doing it again in Connecticut, but it's it's really about the willingness to meet the challenges. So that's one of the things I would tell anybody. Like, are you trying to avoid it? Are you trying to deny it? Are you reacting in some way? So you're upset, you're depressed, uh, the list goes on. And that's approach, I would say, simply doesn't work. So one of the opportunities we always have with challenges is to embrace them. We would also call that acceptance. That's a spiritual law in our uh, dynamics of who we are. So in the soul consciousness, the spiritual nature, there's an opportunity to always be in resonance with what's going on. So we're not resisting, but we can also find ways in another look called use everything use it for upliftment use it for growth learning like i'm going to be a better person if i handle this challenge so so there you go uh, that's my first response that's great it it actually reminds me um 
with my trainer when I'm weightlifting, he he always tells me your weight, you know, the weight when I'm really like struggling he and want to just stop, he tells me the weight is like that's the problem and you can't deal with it if you just let go and move away like you actually have to like hold on to the bar and then start lifting. Um so it it just reminds me of like confronting or um just being the willingness to actually just put yourself in a position to deal with it. Mhm. Um, so is there any, so right now in the world we're having, uh, this virus going around and that's a lot in the news and, and there's a lot of other stuff in the news that, um, you know, how do you stay happy? How do you stay happy? Um, I think a lot of people are struggling with that. They get really wrapped up in this. Well, that's a great question. And, um, you know, basically we stay happy by being happy so i i consider happy as a way of being it's a a vibration and i can feel it physically when i'm happy and i can feel it physically when i'm not happy and then i i think my face looks different uh then how my w- mind works becomes different yeah so part of that is that anybody if i have ever asked an audience say um, is there anybody here who's never had an experience of happiness? I don't get anybody saying I've never been happy. Sure. There's been some moment and, you know, they come to mind in my consciousness too, where I was so happy. There wasn't anything I could think of that would take my happiness away. So I even said, but there's people dying and the coronavirus. And I say, well, I'm still happy. And some people take value judgments about that. Well, you shouldn't be happy. And I go, well, what good is that going to do? Is that going to help? I don't think so. I think if I keep my happiness, it's a, a vibration of joy. It's a vibration of peace. Then I find I handle these challenges. And there are challenges. There's real challenges uh, and, and difficult ones that involve something like suffering or loss these things I'm saying, yes, they happen, but you can still respond in a way that's happy, peaceful. And then there's one I would call, you know, looking for the good. Like, well, what's the good in this? And maybe some of it is I'm appreciating my loved ones or, you know, I'm more affectionate to my dog because what if something like a virus takes me down and a week later I'm not here anymore and it's like well at least I can love my dog today (laughs) I go there you go I mean like get on this so you're responding in a way that feels good I like it to be practical that happiness is a feeling so that could be a sensational kind of feeling could be emotional could be happy thoughts yeah, that really brings up a key and something that we talk on the show a lot about is gratitude. And um, to me, like looking for the good, you know, it just seems like a perspective that brings forward gratitude. So you're in any situation, you can look for the good, even without denying, obviously, that, you know, there, it's a challenge, um, that it's a difficult situation. Uh, so, yeah, that that I think is a is a great point and a great way to get into that gratitude and to get into that vibration to just look for the good in each thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which 
brings up one of your your first book, The Blessings Already Are, and um, you know that concept of the the blessings already are. Do you want to say something about that? Because in some ways, you know, people go, "What are you talking about? The blessings already are." You know, and so do you have any comments on that? Yes, uh, as you know, and lots of people probably listening know, I have worked very closely with John Roger, and that's who I heard that from first. He's the first person I heard say that, and he would say that's what Beirush Bashan means, and those are, I don't know what to say to you, I don't know if they're Sanskrit, let's say they're they're ancient, and it's a vibration, but it was a way of saying amen, Yeah. so be it. Uh, the blessings already are. And what I get is they're present. You know, the good is f- fully present, but are we bringing it forward? So there's the opportunity that there's greater good always available. Are we bringing that forward or are we bringing something less than good or on the lower good? Uh, so that's awareness, just to be conscious like how am I doing in responding? Is it up, open, uplifting? Am I seeing a positive opportunity or am I seeing a contraction? Am I seeing I don't like this uh, and the disturbing kinds of responses? So it's it's a monitoring. It's also how do I identify myself? So if I say to you, are you happy what's the answer yes <laughs> right now yeah. and even if a person says but i think i'm lying I, I i think i'm being a hypocrite i'm not really happy i'm suffering i'm miserable uh, yeah, i go hang on let's start with something that we could call it original that your original way of being who you are is happy and then in some way you become disconnected um, not so attuned to your happy self. I also related to the true self is a happy self. The false self is not happy uh, and finds fault and finds wrong and, uh, and looks at the bad instead of looking for the good. In my work, I've endeavored to be more positive, more happy, more truthful, uh, and also identify myself in this way, that that's who I truly am when I'm functioning in my self, in the wholeness of myself, I'm a happy being. <laughs> so then I in some way maybe forget or I, I get distracted off in what I'm relating to. And then this is a correction opportunity, like let's get back on the beam. Um, you know, I had some of that this morning where, you know, things, some, I woke up with things coming at me. <laughs> Not, I mean, literally, it wasn't like the boogeyman jumped out of the closet like, I'm after you. Uh, but it was concerns, concerns with uh, my sister's health and well-being and and what's going on with her. And, and then, you know, I mentioned to you, we just bought a house and then we're trying to line up all the financial aspects of something like that yeah. and then finding out things that we thought 
are different than what we thought. Yeah. And then sometimes that feels like, well, I didn't do that. It's like, well, it's still there. What are you going to do about it? And what's your attitude towards it? So I had an attitude correction. And for me, it's uh, it's tuning in spiritually, but it's also talking to myself. Um, you know, and that can seem strange, like I'm talking to myself. What's that about? It's like I want to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear a voice telling me, let's find a loving way to process this. Let's find a way that trusts we can work this out. And those words, just hearing someone say them, is helpful and it worked. (laughs) So then when I dealt with it, uh, with a kind of a disagreement, conflict situation, we got to laughing. Nice. And why were we laughing? Because we're going to work this out. That was, and, and then I laughed, and then the other person on the line laughed too. And I realized, okay, <laughs> we just had a meeting here. That's great. So we're laughing about something we're in conflict or difference about. And that was a conscious choice. And it's as though because I made up my mind to go for that, it showed up in the conversation. And then I got to a laugh. And then the other person immediately got to a laugh. And I experienced this. Well, this is who we are. This is how we can do this. It's <laughs> fantastic. And, and it, of course, of course, you answered the question I was, that was coming up next, which um, was how you, how you personally dealt when you were out of, out of it. And I think you know, what I heard you talking about was how it's helpful to hear that voice even if you're the one who has to like say the words to hear the voice of in a way the authentic self the true self the the one who's reminding us or yourself reminding yourself um of the goodness of you know the the higher perspective um to help you shift your attitude and and that's something i do i i I, in the mornings i'll often write affirmations for the day depending on like where i'm at inside um so and and even though i'm gonna try now like reading them out loud so i can actually hear it um it's like intentional talking out loud to yourself uh versus just writing them and reading them which has been super valuable but that that can also it sounds like be be value and the other thing that actually popped into my mind is when i moved into Mandeville with John Roger, um, I ended up moving into your room where you had previously habitated for, uh, for many years. And I don't know if this was yours, but there was this old file cabinet in the room and on every like handle was the word printed attitude. And so I don't know if that was yours, but it just brought it up because you were talking about attitude. I feel like I'm about to say I refuse the answer yeah. on the so-called Fifth Amendment. Um, but I, I actually don't remember. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a great idea. Uh, you know, that I know that's a big, giant key is what we call attitude. Like, where is your focus? What is the energy field? 
and then source that inside. So it's an internal sourcing. And I often find it's I need to consciously go within. Uh, so sometimes I'll just close the eyelids or in a way disengage. I, I've learned how to do this. I'm doing it right now with you uh, so that I can kind of chew gum and walk at the same time. Yeah. So go inside while I'm talking to you. Maybe my voice changes. I'm not so aware of that because it's I'm wanting to source within then sometimes it does get difficult to talk or function when I'm doing that. And then I look at that as, well, that's telling you something. Go ahead and go inside, let go yeah. of the outer. And maybe that's, I go silent. I don't have anything else to say or I'd rather be silent right now. Often that is healing, correcting, balancing, so I shift to neutral. That's one of the ways I would describe it. The quality of the spiritual awareness always has neutrality in it. it it's not magnetized. Yeah. Which, you know, hopefully people know what I'm talking about by direct experience. That have you ever had that sense that you're neither this or that? You're not for or against. You're just aware, um, observing, observing is one way to access it. Um, and then going inside, being quiet, being conscious within, even if it's ranting and raving and we're, <laughs> you know, the outer side is in disturbance. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I think everybody's had these experiences where we're multidimensional in our consciousness, transcendent in our consciousness and then which is supreme. Clearly, greater is he or she, however you do that, and you say, well, that's still polarized. I go, there, there you go. And there's something that it's not a he or she that is who we are. Yeah. Uh, and being able to access that immediately is a very powerful tool for everyone. And then it can bring us into another way of being than what we've been doing. Um, and I've found it very valuable to be able to do that. Reset, refocus, change the attitude. Uh, Lee has a great one. That's my wife. Uh, where she would say, her father would say something like, you need to go outside and get that stink off you. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like also a literal thing like, Instead, go, go to your go to your room. Like, go outside because the way you're being right now is kind of stinking. You know, it's yeah. like you're doing stinking thinking, and and you know, Jared had a phrase called "change your realm" or "go to your realm." That was it. Go to your realm. Yeah, That's funny. And meaning, instead of go to your room, go yeah. to your realm. <laughs> and then it's a good idea to know. Well, what is your realm? Yeah. And it's like, well, my realm's hell. It's like, uh, is that what you want? <laughs> if you could go to heaven, would you still prefer to go to hell? And to me, that's like you're off. If yeah. Someone's saying, you know, go to hell, or, and that's where I'm. I live and come join. It's like, no, I don't relate to that. Yeah. And so I relate to the true nature that we are is spiritual. 
and that's transcendent it's it's like eternal it's always it it always has been and when we have ready open clear access to that it transforms uh, and it keeps us on a beam it doesn't mean we're immune from disturbance and, and i think that's where people get confused if i'm developing my spiritual awareness and mastery how come i still get upset <laughs> see i laugh when i ask that question because it's like because you're human okay and humans step on stuff and 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 miss and get caught and, and do you have compassion for yourself so there's one of the things i would get to with the original question, question like with everything going on at the moment in the world and the reactivity that's going on and it's obvious to me there's overreaction of course you know this like why are you doing this i'm afraid i'm terrified like you know uh, if i get on a plane uh, i could breathe it in and uh, you know and i couldn't stop it because i can't get off the plane and so i won't get on a plane and it's like okay uh <laughs> yeah and you still might get it <laughs> yeah and then i i kind of look at it like what are the odds here i mean maybe there's a lot more people who are passing from this world because of a heart disease or so-called attack or, or for other reasons so yeah. like what are the causes for death i don't think the predominance is in the coronavirus no not not at it, this time you know, for sure so so you'd say well it's still very rare yeah so why are we so afraid of a very rare thing? It's because, well, uh, if it's like I could walk in a room and an hour later I have it, and then a week later I'm dead. It's like, okay, but there's other stuff that can do that too. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of things that can uh, do that. And then, yes, I, I think there's some healthy cautions, precautions. Okay, I'm not going to go on the trip. You know, I go to northern Italy at this time, and I, I go, I get you know, there, there's something there. Like, let's see if, you know, whatever that is, people are going to find out. You know, I heard today on the news that the number of cases, et cetera, in the center where this happened in China, Wuhan, or whatever that place is called, it's going down. So in some way I was interpreting like, all right, I think they're saying it's getting better statistically. Yeah. But what does that mean? You know, maybe it's like it's well, it's already taken out, uh, you know, however many people it is. And I go, well, every one of those would say, well, did this have to happen? And I, I go, that's a good question because let's get to what made this happen. Something did. Yeah. And I don't know that we really understand that. Like, what were the conditions in this part of the world such that this virus emerged yeah. as a new energy field? So another name for a virus is energy field. So what caused it to become? Was it unnecessary? Was something going on that we need to learn from that? The, the, the cause of the virus is what? And maybe it is something where people are not caring. People are not being compassionate. They're consciously polluting. They're consciously doing things in ways that are not healthy, wealthy, happy. Yeah. See, that's where I go. And and there is a great value in learning from the coronavirus. And there have been other things. Um, yeah. 
You know, I think about when AIDS came around, there was a lot of fear around that, a lot of misconceptions. Yeah. And, you know, we can't have him on the basketball court because he's going to somehow give us his blood and his blood's poison and I'm going to get... I remember some of that, yeah. So there's some of that kind of thing going on. And then there's a reasonableness about, well, what do we do? Do the masks really work or is that just a comfort? Like it's not going to do, that mask doesn't do any good. It's not going to stop it. But go ahead, wear it because it comforts your mind. I mean, I don't don't know. I'm I'm sure there are effective masks. Yeah. Like, you know, hazmat or something like that. They learn, (laughs) like, how do you wear something that you don't get it when you come in direct contact with whatever it is? Sure. And I mean, to me, a lot of a lot of what we're talking about is regardless of um, what the today's name is, the coronavirus yesterday or tomorrow, it may be some other thing or virus or or something else where we're really just talking about fear. And to me, a lot of it is just the fear of that of death. And that to me seems that that's a big part of this is people are afraid. Um, and you know, to me, you're speaking of it, that there's the practical side of it, of doing practical things, but there's also this, uh, other opportunity of going for the, the health, wealth, the happiness, and to live in that vibration. Um, because in some ways, if, if you're going to get it, you know, okay, you're going to get it. And maybe, and if you're one of the very small percentage that actually ends up dying from it, um, then you might as well enjoy life while you're here because <laughs> you can't help that. Right. I, I think one of the great opportunities we all have is to learn how to transcend fear. Yeah. That fear is not our, our best way of being. Uh, but there are as often messages in what is coming to us as a fear look at that like what is the fear about then if it's about death then it say so let's consider do we control it or not and my answer is i don't control it it's out of my control and looking around my independent survey i don't see any people that are immune to death uh, apparently we're all going to have that opportunity at some point and I think well how would I like to handle it I'd like to handle it with joy peace understanding like uh, somehow learning how to handle it yeah so I'm meeting the challenge of death in a way where I can smile where I can laugh uh, that in whatever those moments are whatever the process involves um, you know I was recently visiting someone I'll just leave the name out, but essentially, I think you know who I'm talking about, but in the last week, who passed, and I was in the hospital room like about four or five o'clock in the afternoon, and the next morning, she was gone, Yeah, and that's an amazing experience, because I was actually aware while I was with her, you're so alive, you're here, and you know, we're having conversations about Oh, you know, reminiscing and and I was joking with her and she was in some ways responding, you know, that yeah. she could feel humor still. 
Um, and I could see that there were things going on with the body that obviously it was in some kind of weakness, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but the spirit, the presence of the person was right there. Like you're here, you're not partially here, you're fully here. The body itself is compromised. Uh, and and I still came away from it like, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that presence can be so in the body and then hours later, completely gone from the body called death. And so I was marveling about it, that this is an amazing experience to come close to whatever that is uh, that goes. And my experience of it, such as it is, it's still very mysterious, but as I'm embracing of it, it I find when I touch into what it is as a transcendent experience that it's completely joyful, peaceful, uh, harmonious, beautiful. And then I go, well, why would I be afraid of that? And then I just understand there's a part of me that identifies yes. with being in the world, being in a body. And that's very powerful. But I look at there's a purpose in that. You know, the the life force that would do, you know, move mountains to get another breath. Yeah. You know, that's in our favor. You know, yeah. Uh, to have that vital force that knows my responsibility is to take care of myself, preserve myself, to live for another day. Uh, but but if we ever start doing things negatively, so that we start taking life or someone else's life, uh, hurting them, these kinds of things, I I see well. It doesn't have to be that way, yeah. You know that that we can do this in such a way as there's room for all of us, without hurting one another, and without fear. You know that fear, when it starts portraying that the world is in lack, or something like that, or more powerfully, when we perceive ourselves in lack, like I can't handle this. There's a lie there somewhere. Like you can handle it, and you're handling it the way you're handling it. You go, well, it's really lousy. And I, this is the worst moment of my life. It's like, yeah, but you're still handling it. And then people go, I'm not handling it. It's like, you are handling it. You're getting another breath. And that's one of the great gratitudes is another breath. Yeah. That, uh, you know, to be grateful. It's, there's something that has the control and I consider, I would call that God. And you know, that's a name people don't often know what that means, but I said, that's okay. It's something that's in control <laughs> and complete control, like one control factor, not split up, but shared. And in that, if, if we just relate to it as something not to fear, but something to be in awe of, and then that all can be directed into, well, how do I cooperate? Like, how do I handle what I'm here to handle? And I I just consider that the assignment we have spiritually is to come in this world and embrace it in every way. And then even if we try to resist it, we won't get that. We don't, that 
that won't work. But if we embrace it, then it presents ways that serve, that serve health, serve happiness, uh, serve others. All these things come into play so we can have a beautiful life while we're in this world, uh, regardless of circumstances. And, you know, there are, I'm sure, circumstances that I would be humbled by, like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I've had those moments where the truth in that moment is, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond right now. I'm so overcome by the intensity of what's going on and maybe the shock of what's going on or the upset of what's going on. Um, when I look at those are, are moments to go within, like, like be inside with wisdom. Go seek wisdom. Go seek the inner master. Um, and everybody's got one. Then we find out, I am the inner master. Yes. <laughs> You've always been the inner master. It's just, are you playing at that level? Or are you lowing, letting the lower nature dominate? And then that's like, oh, okay. So I'd like to be more wise and, and more in keeping with my majesty. It's like, okay, that's a good attitude. What are you doing about that? <laughs> and then just having simple questions. Um, and you can ask those questions of yourself, like, what am I doing? What's the value here? Yeah. I think there's a JR seminar called How Does Life Question Us or something like that, um, which to me, it's great to be asking yourself questions throughout the day to just check, check on yourself. And as you were talking, I mean, there was so much in there. One of the things that came present for me was when you were talking about that that urge to take the next breath. Um, just having done a fair amount of surfing, there have been times where the wave holds you under, and uh, especially when it's big enough. And there are those moments where you feel that thing kick in of, I need my next breath, <laughs> or this is it <laughs> and, and there that that urge is extremely powerful and so i really related to to what you to what you were saying about that and then um about fear one of the things that a couple of things that came present was and i know you facilitated the insight seminars a lot and that's i think the first place that i came across when i took it um that is it, you call it an anagram? Is that what you call it? Where it's the false expectations appearing real or false evidence appearing real is the, um, for fear. I, I think it's an anagram. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's slipping my mind as well. So, But we know what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, F is false. E is expectations. A is appearing. R is real. Fear is another way of spelling it. Yeah, and so, and then the other part was just that how really it seems like one of the key fears, which and JR used to say the master addiction is control, and and so that losing losing our perception of control or thinking we have control, and then losing that, um, especially when when we're afraid of death, because it really brings up that we're we're really not in control, and so I really appreciated you talking about 
about cooperation um, and about how that, which is another spiritual law. I mean, you're just sticking in all those spiritual laws in in this dialogue here. Um, So one of the thoughts that is coming to me right now, maybe you'll say something on it, um, and I don't know why because it's not necessarily related directly in my mind to what we've been talking about is forgiveness. Um, and, and how, how do you use forgiveness in your life? Completely. (laughs) It's like a trick response or something, right? (laughs) Oh, but I, I view forgiveness as the natural state of the divine. It's God's presence in the wholeness of what that is. It, that God doesn't have a fight with itself. And then you could say, and, and Jared laid this out amazing clear ways from how I experience it you know out of God comes all things okay that's good so we got one God here we got one creator we don't have to you need to see my superior I'm sorry this is above my pay grade go see the greater God no let's get to the one God and then to consider that we are in full direct contact with God, it's not lacking or there's not a delay. So delay is an illusion. Time is an illusion. But it's a practical one. I I just look at it like there's something about this world where time serves. So having it, um, (laughs) I heard a definition I still think is fantastic for time. You know, it's it's the dimension so everything doesn't happen at once. Well, that's convenient because if it happened at once, I don't know if I I can handle it right. So you're in a world where it slows down and it spreads out and it can be repeated and then it can be, you know, so that we can go for another round and go for another round. And then at some point it's like, well, am I really progressing here? Well, yes, you are because you always use something from every moment, from every experience at your soul consciousness. So we we come into this greater understanding that God loves its creation, which is another way Jared taught it. He said, and he said that's where people would really argue with him. Yeah. I mean, they really took him on. Like, no, God's <laughs> in disagreement with it. God doesn't like this, and God's punishing people, and God's sending people to Hades and... You know, purgatory and all these kinds of negative dimensions. And and I just look at it like, well, I don't know. Maybe we're the ones doing that. We're the ones creating that way of relating because we are a responsible creator. And so psychically, we would create a nightmare and then realize later, why did I do that to myself? It wasn't necessary. It was a much lesser experience. I could have just forgave myself. For what happened but in there is i love this teaching moment from jesus you know to me it's one of the great great moments in his teaching when he came upon the woman who was considered to be adulteress uh, so adultery is one of the things that came down the ten commandments with moses so it's in the big ten you know no adultery <laughs> uh yeah. so well i did that and then they had it as like well we have to stone you because our god Mm-hmm. Has called, has demanded that we not allow this in our society, and then you kind of go, well, that's a lesser god. 
uh, you know, that's a call force God doing something like that. The supreme God loves its creation, forgives its creation. So Jesus says, well, whoever's without sin, throw the first stone. And I think he was convicting. The Holy Spirit was in his consciousness convicting them right in that moment so they couldn't pick up a stone. Yeah. You really, I mean, I thought in my mind, I went, well, what if someone goes, who the hell are you? You're not, you know, get, you're not part of our village. You know, we're going to stone this woman. She's guilty. She knows she's guilty. Yeah. So someone like, they could have went ahead, but I think something was there in the presence of who Jesus was expressing that convicted them like, you're going to stone yourself. Is that what you want to do? If if you stone her, then that'll come to you because you're guilty. You've sinned. Yeah. And and he also expressed it that, you know, it, even you say a little fib, it's like you bore false witness. That's one of the commandments. So let's line you up. Well, I think that was part of it. Then here's the amazing part. Like, woman, who's judged you? And nobody then the way I have it is, he said, and neither have I. Yeah. And in a way he was saying, I'm in a consciousness that could judge you, that could hold you for what you did, that you did do something that was a transgression. Let's consider that. that okay, she did something that indeed was a transgression that was not in her best interest or whoever she's involved best interest. All right. So I, I haven't judged you. I could. I think that was the message. I could judge you, but that's not where I'm coming from. Yeah. And so go. You're freed. And then here here's his statement, and sin no more. <laughs> that's where I laugh. I go, how do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to stay immaculate like in a human form. It's like somehow... I haven't seen it It has to be cleaned up. It has to be straightened out. I have to redeem. And that's like a daily process. Yeah. Like come clean. Clear yourself. Uh, If if we don't, it's like it gets dirty in here. It gets dysfunctional in here. It's like, yeah, I have to clean up every day. I have to clear myself. And then it's... It's also maintaining that through the day and learning how to walk and live in that. And I, I consider that in some way, those words and sin no more was kind of a challenge. Yeah. You know, like instead of me considering, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I'm not capable of sin, not sinning. It's like it comes into my mind and I'm already reacting before I, stop it and then i don't know if it starts coming in and and then i'm tired or i'm frustrated and then i'm starting to get reactive and irritated and i go okay well how do we do this and there's something in those words that says come on you can do this you can take on the divine nature and that's how i experience forgiveness is it's a beautiful energy that i love you um, and I, I can't hurt you. Or I, I, I put down the stone. <laughs> like the law would say, I stone you, but my heart won't let me do that. Yeah. Uh, and then we do that, and we need to do that, of course, with ourselves. That's, that's the first frontier. It's the last frontier. 
is, do we love ourselves? Do we forgive ourselves? Or do we hold judgment? And in you know the Old Testament, there's a famous moment of judge not. And and that and the way I hear it, that's not some guy wearing a crown on a throne. That that's like that's an almighty voice. Yeah. Like don't judge. And then vengeance is mine. And I think, okay, that's that guy's probably on the karmic board. <laughs> like we got it. You be on your way. And and that's what I find um, is in the movement, the movement of spiritual inner awareness is be on your way. You have better things to do. Don't get caught in judgment. Like live in peace. Like don't stone people, especially in your mind. <laughs> but that's that's challenging to keep that attitude because there's awarenesses I have with myself, I have it with others. Like you're not doing what I want you to do. I don't like it. And so I have that awareness. Then what do I do with that? Maybe we communicate. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, and I think that's a, a great process to have somebody ask us, what are you doing? I, I, um, I've often heard that when people are threatened violently, like someone's going to murder or harm or violate, that what comes out of people is you don't have to do this. Those are powerful words, and let's consider they're speaking the truth. Yeah, you don't have to do this. There's another way. Um, like, what is it you're looking for? What? And who knows what that story is? And do would we have compassion for the violator in that moment? Like, let me help you. <laughs> Maybe you're hungry. Why don't you sit down? I'll fix you something. Yeah. And maybe that's really what's going on is they are hungry and their blood sugar is really off, <laughs> you know, and yeah. you go, there it is, <laughs> you know, give them something to relax. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's a, a comforting voice. Like I'm not judging you. That's a big consciousness. That really is. That's, that's you know, not that, a, uh, that's a high bar to. Yeah. To, that if someone has violated, has murdered, and you're saying, sit down, let me make something that would, you know, make, or, 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 you know, you could still do it after lunch, but let me make you some lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and then something happens. And, um, you know, there are stories around of people who come into this forgiveness. See, I see that it's that state of grace, that forgiveness is a state of grace where I don't judge you. Uh, even though I could, because what you're doing is a karmic violation. Yeah, I'm not saying it, that what you did was. Uh, there's no violation there. No, there's violation, but you already did it. So, where are we now? Stop. Yeah. And then, how do we stop that? See if we could solve this, where we take the violence out of people. How do we do that? Well, I think they have to let it go. And then in some way, are we doing something that would help them let it go so there's no more violence in them and they don't want to violate anyone or anything? You know, they live in peace. And I, I see this as 
it's on the planet. <laughs> it's yeah, here. It definitely is. Uh, I call it divine presence. Or the holy of holy. It, it, it doesn't hate. It's, so spirit doesn't enter into the negative form. But it's um, kind of cohabitating with it. But it doesn't become negative. It, it maintains its integrity as a divine presence. <laughs> I'm glad I asked. I asked the question, and um, yeah, so much as you were talking came it was coming present, and then of course, it, as soon as I got to the place of nothing in my mind, <laughs> it stops. But I think that's that's the beauty of this is um, moving to that place, and you know, a lot of I, I do how you started that out with one of the most controversial things or the things that people really push back with JR on was um, that God loves all its creation. And it's interesting to me how those, you know, going out and talking to people, how those concepts are the concept that um, everything is perfect just as it is. You just don't like it that way. Um, you know, that, that definitely brings up a lot for people. And, and one of the things that helped me with, with the idea of sin, which um, you were talking about, was how Jared defined it, which is just missing the mark rather than you did something bad or wrong. He also said evil was unnecessary experience. Yeah. And I think that's one of, again, he said so many profound truths as I see them. And one of them was that. Like, yeah. Oh, my God, that's it. I'm doing something I don't need to do that in some way would be less than the best, less than the highest good. Yeah. Well, that's simple. I can just go on about doing better, and it becomes better because I'm an active, alive creator. So, of course, I'd want to make it better. So the unnecessary experience is, you know, stop it, live wisely, choose wisely. Uh, then be with kindred beings, I and mean, we don't always get that luxury. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. But we can choose to be with people who want to live in peace. Uh, we can call it out, and we can hold to it that we don't let anyone or anything take us out of our peace and our grace towards what it is. And again, that's humbling for me. <laughs> like, I'm learning how to do that. And um, John Roger said emphatically, if you know what I want to know what I'm doing, I'm always working on my bad habits. Yeah. And, and uh, to me with his amazing awareness, uh, that was quite a statement, you know, that where's his focus clearing negativity with, with his own creation. Yeah. And then owning it like, that's always going on. I, as long as I'm in a body, I'm clearing, working on bad habits, things that I do that I don't need to do that don't really serve in the best way. And I was aware of that, just being around him, that he was a very human being, uh, yeah. you know, very ordinary, down to earth, and that was part of his beauty, uh, that he had that openness and willingness to be his human self. Yeah. 
and then be his majestic spiritual self. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It it was like, wow, to have that experience. And um, yeah, you definitely just, the, the evil is unnecessary experience. Uh, amazing, amazing way to look at it. You know, sin missing the mark. God loves all its creation. I mean, all these um, profound ideas um, and also simple, simple enough that anyone, if you can tap into that awareness, anyone can get that. Anyone can do that. Um, you don't need a degree to to recognize and have the experience of God loving all its creation and then moving into that to be like God and loving all of our own creations. Um, so one of the things that I, I enjoy, you have this email that goes out uh, that is a daily blessing. And uh, you're definitely known in some circles as the blessing man, the blessing guy. And so maybe to finish off our episode here, um, that you could do a blessing for us and for all the listeners. Yes, it's a serial blessing show of many episodes. <laughs> and also uh, what I find is um, I have blessings in my consciousness. The blessings already are. My book, you know, I went to Jer about that because I felt, well, you're the person I heard these words from, so... <laughs> are you okay if I use this title? And it's like, yeah, okay. And so there, that's how we got that title. And then when I do this, I just look at it that we all have ready access to the blessings that already are. And one of the ways we bring them forward so they're more present, more manifest, is to take a moment to call forward the blessing. And then I just set my intention often at an invitation like what you just called out, Nat. And my encouragement is for people to understand that you can do this. <laughs> you can call forward blessing. Um, and then one of the ways that we do that is just say, well, what's the blessing in this? Or what's the blessing that's present now? Here we go. Dear Lord, we welcome your presence in all the dimensions, especially those that come from the highest consciousness and the highest good, that each one of us is attuned in a very personal way to the divine nature, to our inherently good nature. And we always have the opportunity to let go, which is a way of releasing and trusting that any negativity that is upon us or we in some way have perpetrated and allowed can be released and released at the highest rate, which can be here and now, completely. So we come into the blessing of knowing all things serve good and have our entire consciousness aligned and attuned so we are maximizing the greatest good and releasing ourselves from unnecessary choices 
whatever we have created in the negative form. That there is mercy, there's grace, there's loving that joins us openly, willingly, because we have asked. So it's just a simple process of asking for the greatest blessings. And maybe in this moment, that just becomes singular. The consciousness of one blessing. One thing in particular that our awareness is upon right now is the blessing. Perhaps it's simply breathing in and breathing out. And understanding that that is being done in some way beyond what we control. So the breath is a gift, a holy gift. It comes into our heart, in the core of our being. And it comes to all, regardless of what we've done or created. God loves all of his creation. This is the blessing. Beirish Beisham. Thank you so much, John. And thanks for being on the show today. Pleasure, um, pleasure. Um, thank you all for, for listening. And uh, feel free to write me at nat at transcend.online. And um, I look forward to hearing from you guys and for the next interview or podcast or whatever comes next. All right. God bless you all.